The Cincinnati Bearcats football program has done a lot of things right since Luke Fickle arrived, but there's one thing that they did this week that is horribly wrong, and it's back, the beast. We'll look at where draft guru Dane Brugler has the Bearcats ranked in his annual draft guide. Plus, whereas the Bearcats did something horribly wrong this week, the Bengals are doing something very good next week. That's all coming up on Locked On Bearcats. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. much for making Locked On Cats your first listen of every day. We are free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on YouTube if you're watching on the Locked On Bearcats YouTube channel. Like, share a comment, give it a rating on Apple Podcasts. Like, comment, give it a like and comment on YouTube. That helps more Bearcats fans like you find this podcast. Alex Frank here with you, the host of Locked On Bearcats. It is Friday, April the 8th of 2022. The Bearcats have their spring game tomorrow and yet it's closed or I should say and unfortunately it is closed to the public they have moved the spring game to the bubble at the Sheikley Athletic Center the indoor practice bubble from Nippert Stadium due to the impending inclement weather meaning that fans will not be able to attend I absolutely loathe this decision I think it's a terrible decision First off, what other top 10 program is doing this? Is Georgia doing this? No. Is Alabama doing this? No. Is Ohio State doing this? I'm not sure when their spring game is. Maybe they are. I haven't heard yet. Is Oklahoma doing this? No. Is any other top 10 program doing this? This is a terrible decision. A terrible look for the university. If you are aspiring to be a top 10 program, which the Bearcats are right now, top 10 programs, to me, the spring game matters. And by matters, I mean you make it so the fans can attend. Bearcat fans have not seen live action from the Bearcats football program since the Cotton Bowl. Now, with this decision to close the spring game to the public, The next time they're going to see live action is Saturday, September the 10th. Think about that for a minute. That's not the first game of the season either. That's the second game of the season. When the Bearcats take on Kennesaw State. And fans, that's the next time they're going to see them. And here's what's probably going to be the reality. The Bearcats are going to be 0-1 and they're playing an FCS school. A school that you could probably, well, I should say a school that you probably don't know two things about. And you would much rather be at a game that is against Navy, that's against, I I don't know, Tulane, USF. The home schedule, by the way, this year, outside of Indiana, not very good. So... That's the first time you're going to see the Bearcats in action when they're already eliminated from the playoff. 
contention. Even if they beat Arkansas, they may not go to the college football playoff. In fact, it's likely that they won't. This is a decision that reminds me so much of when the Bengals took Bengals line, their weekly show on Monday nights, six to nine, that airs on 700 WLW most nights, most weeks throughout the season. So that show used to be broadcast live from the Holy Grail. They would have fans come out. They would have guests on. I remember one of my favorite Bengals line episodes was AJ Green. After the win at Atlanta in 2018, he spent a whole hour with Lance McAllister and Dave Lapham. It was a phenomenal interview. The crowd was so into it. The Bengals had just won a big game at Atlanta, a shootout. They were coming home 3-1 and one in first place in the AFC North. Like That was a really fun interview. And now, Bengals line is run out of the studio. It is not a live show. It's a recorded show. It's still a very good program. I produced it many times when I worked at iHeartMedia. Lance McAllister and Dave Lapham still do interviews with players and coaches. It's just recorded. It's just done in the facility at Paul Brown Stadium. But that's what this decision to move the spring game, and this may be a, this is a one-time thing, hopefully, but it reminds me so much of that. This is about fan engagement. You can do so many great things. You can make so many great decisions. You can... There have been many great decisions made within the University of Cincinnati Bearcats football program and athletic department over the last six years. The decision to hire Luke Fickle in and of itself was a great decision. The decision to renovate Nippert Stadium and Fifth Third Arena were phenomenal. Getting into the Big 12 was phenomenal. But this, moving the spring game. I mean, I'm so riled up about this right now that I'm thinking this is a worse decision than cutting the men's soccer program back in the spring of 2020. That's how – and think about for the players. Like, I'm speaking for you, the fans, but I'm going to speak for the players now. They work so hard in this in the spring. They get up at 5 at 4.30 a.m. I remember my successor at Bearcast Media, Sean McMahon, telling me that for mat drills in February, they get, they're up at 4.30 a.m., like, they're up in the wee hours of the morning almost. Early morning, I shouldn't say the wee hours, the early morning hours. Matt drills, busting their ass in the weight room. Then they're at spring practice. The grind of that, getting to getting through that, getting to the end of the school year, and they can't have fans come to the spring game and watch them play. There are players on this team who just played in the college football playoff. The next time they're going to see fans, they're going to be 0-1, and that game versus Kennesaw State is going to be more irrelevant than not. It's going to be relevant in terms of the Bearcats, you know, still playing for a New Year's Six Bowl, but in terms of going undefeated, getting back to the playoff, it's not going to be relevant. The spring game is, it's perfect timing. It's it's not exactly halfway from the end of the previous season and the start of next season, but it's pretty dang close. I don't care if it's inclement weather or not. Um, so, like, if I'm a fan, I want to make the decision myself. If I if I want to come to a game, if it's inclement weather. And how many games have you seen that have been played in snow? Ohio State and Michigan last year. How many games have you played? Have you seen that have been played in cold rain? Many games. How many games have you seen that have been played in just rain in general? How many games have you seen that have been played in 
sleet. How many games have you seen played with high wins? The Patriots-Bills game this past year? Like, leave it up to the fans if they want to come to the game itself. So what if you only get 100 fans? Those, those fans are dedicated. I'm going, to, I'm going if I have the option. I've been to many cold-weather games. I've been to games where the weather has been terrible. I've been to games where it's been raining. You make adjustments. You wear six layers. You might look like an abominable snowman, but you know what? You're warm. You're, you know, you're you're braving the elements. This is something I learned in my communication and sport class at Cincinnati. Shout out to my professor, Steve DePoe. Dr. Steve DePoe, excuse me. Great guy, very knowledgeable. I believe, see, I believe he's the chair. It's either him or Dr. Stephen Fuller, the chair of the communications department. So anyway. Steve DePoe in his class, I learned the difference between a casual fan and a vested fan. I classify as the latter. You hopefully do too. If you're a vested fan, your ass is at the game. Mine at least is. And I'm too. And I respect that. So why don't we have that? Why don't we have that decision? You can make so many great decisions, but one decision. Can be one bad decision can be remembered forever. It's similar to how an athlete can remember, can have so many great wins in their career, and yet they have that one loss that they just remember more than their wins. It's unfortunate that that the human mind and psychology thinks that way, but you know what? That's just the way we're conditioned to think. Or I shouldn't say it's the way we're conditioned to think, it's just the way we do. We can condition ourselves to think positive. I mean, I can condition myself to think, yeah, you know what, this sucks, but think of all the great decisions that the Bearcats have made. You know, think about all the great decisions to hire Marcus Freeman as defensive coordinator or think about the decision to, you know, make Desmond Ritter the starting quarterback or whatever else. But damn it, this decision sucks. This is the one thing this is the one thing in the offseason you look forward to and you can attend now. And yes, there's going to be a fan fest this summer. Well, what's that fan fest going to be? I mean, what, they should have a summer scrimmage now? Well, then there's the risk of injury. Luke Fickle said that they can't afford to lose a day. That's fine. You can move the spring game. Matter of fact, I believe there are two practices next week after the spring game tomorrow. And I always thought the spring game was the final practice of the year. I think it should. If I'm running the football program, that's what I'm doing. And and the tone I have today is a drastic, is drastically different than I I normally talk about the Bearcats football program and Luke Fickle on the show. And I'm not sure who made this decision, but it's not a good one. Something that is a good decision, uh, one team who is doing something very good, I'll get to in segment three. But coming up, we'll take a look at where Dane Brugler ranks the Bearcats in this year's draft class. But first, I need to tell you about Bilt Bar because this is that time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions. But not this year. I'm sticking to it and eating right thanks to Bilt Bar because it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they are covered in 100% real chocolate. 
Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. Mmm, so good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. 100% real chocolate. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. No pun intended. They're built for it. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off at Built.com. So every year, Dane Brugler, who is a... Uh, who's a writer for The Athletic, an NFL draft writer for The Athletic. He'll look at players throughout the season, but the biggest thing he does every year is he comes out with his annual draft guide called The Beast. And it is the most thorough, in-depth, extensive draft guide that there is out there. His draft guide is what Phil Steele's College Football Preview Magazine is. Just the NFL draft version. So this draft guide's out right now on The Athletic. If you subscribe to The Athletic, which you should, uh, you can search under authors, his name, and the draft guide. You'll scroll down. There will be a passcode, which he provides, to get in. You click on the link to download the draft guide. You put in the passcode or password, and you're in. So Dane Brugler has multiple Bearcats ranked at key positions. And by the way, the positions that he ranks are quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, offensive tackles, offensive guards, centers, edge rushers, defensive linemen, linebackers, cornerbacks, safeties, kickers, punters, and lawn snappers. 13 different positions that he ranks. That, my friends, is in-depth to the extreme. So the so he has does he have eight players? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, he has nine. Nine players who are ranked in his draft guide. One of those players did not get invited to the combine. Excuse me. One of those players was not invited to the combine. But that player is Curtis Brooks. But we're going to start with the, the big names. We're going to start with Desmond Ritter who Dane Brugler has as his number three number three quarterback. Number three quarterback behind Kenny Pickett and Malik Wills. Malik Willis, excuse me. And I'm pulling up the draft guide. I already have a subscription to the Athletic. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read to you the strengths that he has for each player. Apparently my password's incorrect. I'll go into the, the app on my phone. Anyway. So Desmond Ritter is ranked number three. He's also ranked in his top 40. Oh, by the way, he also has a top 100. I'm I'm not sure just how he pulls this off every single year, but he does. So we go to to number three, the quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter, which, by the way, is ahead of Matt Corral, who's number four, and Sam Howell, who's number five. Carson Strong is number six. So Desmond Ritter. The strengths that he lists, Dane Brugler lists for Desmond Ritter. Loose, light-footed athlete who calmly maneuvers around the pocket. Long strides eat up grass quickly to pace pursuit. Displays a strong arm with terrific RPMs on his strikes. And some of the terms he uses in here 
Maybe you don't know what they are. I, I don't know some of them either, but that just tells you how smart this guy is. At his most comfortable, throwing on the move instinctively changes his arm angles based on the passing windows without sacrificing supreme confidence to attack tight windows, showing trust in his receivers to make plays. Able to drive throws while still making his balls catchable, displays poise within the pocket, but also senses when to cut his looses. Shows vision as a scrambler and can make the first man miss with his quickness and run toughness. And then, of course, he goes on to mention his accolades. First-team academic All-American, only the sixth in school history. Remarkable resume with a 43-6 and record as a starter. I believe that's 44-6. and I will confirm that. Never lost a start at home. And, of course, holds numerous school and conference records. His final point he makes in his overall is summary. Ritter needs to become more consistent with his release timing and accuracy, but his loose athleticism, self-confidence, and experience are strong selling points. He has the physical tools and mindset to compete for starting reps early in his NFL career. And as I'm going through seeing where all these rankings are, where all these Bearcats are ranked, we'll get, we'll get to Sauce Gardner in a minute, who he has as his number one corner. It's just amazing to me how, how far this program has come, where we have eight players, maybe nine, who are going to get drafted to the NFL. This has not happened. The Bearcats have not had a first-round draft pick in 51 years. And this is what getting a head coach. The head coach is the face of a college football program. The head coach is the one who can raise the standards because players come and go so frequently. Now, Desmond Ritter is unique because he stayed four years and evolved so much and he raised the standards and he re he reconfigured what's possible here in Cincinnati. I truly do believe that. The Desmond Ritter changed what's possible for this program. Tony Pike did too. And you can have quarterbacks that do that. Joe Burrow at LSU, for instance, Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson at Clemson. Desmond Ritter was that in Cincinnati. Brugler has him going number 40. He has him 40 in his top 100. This is just amazing when you have all these players ranked very high in the quarterback draft class. Now, this week, we've seen the Saints go all in, potentially, with acquiring two first-round picks from the Eagles. Um, Desmond Ritter has been visiting teams like the Steelers. I know the Falcons may be interested in trading up. Maybe Carolina's interested in trading up. So, you're seeing all of these that Dan Orlovsky has been tweeting about, Desmond, tweeting about Desmond Ritter this week and how great he thinks he is and all the great things he does on the field. It, it is going to, and we are less than three weeks away from the draft. It is going to be very, very interesting to see because this quarterback class is not very strong as it's been in years past, which teams want to take a risk on one of these quarterbacks. I believe Kenny Pickett's going going first off the board. I believe one team will draft him. Outside of that, who knows? Now, I think Desmond Ritter should be the first quarterback taken off the board. I think he's the most accomplished quarterback. Kenny Pickett's going to go first because people know more about him, and he's gotten more headlines this offseason than Desmond Ritter, unfortunately. It's not by much, but he has gotten more. But I believe Desmond Ritter will be at least the second best, the second quarterback taken off the board. And I think the one team that does is going to benefit. I think if Desmond Ritter gets drafted in the first round, he's going to be a starter week one. I believe he will be a starter in week one regardless. Look, there are quarterbacks who have been taken 
in later rounds that have started week one. Most recently, those quarterbacks have been Russ, uh, Russell Wilson, who started week one for Seattle in 2012. He was the third, a third round, 75th overall pick. And then in 2016, Dak Prescott was a fourth round draft pick, 135th overall, and he's now a top 10 quarterback in the league, arguably. So maybe it doesn't matter where Ritter goes. I believe he's going to go in the first two days. I believe his name will be called in the first two days, potentially on, on night one. It's just amazing to me. We're talking about the we're talking about notable Bearcats players in the draft, and they're high on the list. You've got two players in the top five. You've got Brian Cook, who's another player included in this draft guide at number six. You've got Jerome, you got Alec Pierce ranked number 12 in wide receivers. I mean, where's number 12? That, that's interesting. You've got Kobe Bryant, number 11 in the cornerbacks. You've got MyJ Sanders ranked in the top 20 at the edge rushers. You've got Darian Beavers ranked number 11 at linebacker. You've got Jerome Ford ranked number 17 at running back. And it's not like Dane Brugler's assessing a post-draft free agency grade to them. No, he's saying they're going to be drafted in the first round, third round, fourth round, sixth round. This is amazing. Like, Chad Brennan had a hot take that the that the draft weekend could be the most impactful weekend for the University of Cincinnati in history. I don't disagree with that. By the way, um, I, I do. I want to send my thoughts and prayers to Chad Brendel and his family. His wife Kelly um, has been battling cancer for the last few years, and earlier this week, Chad Brendel tweeted. I can find the tweet. I believe I believe he sent it out last night, or it might have been Tuesday night. Um, Chad Brendel, for those of you, I'm, I'm sure you know of him. He covers um, Bearcats football. Bearcat Journal. And last night at 10.41 p.m., or actually on Wednesday night, um, they got a diagnosis for his wife, Kelly. She's also dealing on top of the cancer with pulmonary hypertension, which he says is e- which Chad says is equally debilitating long term. So I want to send my thoughts and prayers to Chad's wife, Kelly, her daughter, Kelsey, and then Chad, of course, himself, and all the family and friends who know Chad, you who know Chad, you love his work, you hear him Often on ESPN 1530 every Thursday with Mo Egger. He will fill in for Mo Egger. He'll be on 700 WLW for guest appearances. Just really want to send my thoughts and prayers to the Brendel family, and especially Kelly, as she continues to relentlessly and resiliently fight this terrible disease. So Sauce Gardner is is the number one cornerback in this year's draft class. And we can go... This is, and by the way, if you download it from The Athletic, it's 288 pages. Are you going to read all 288? Maybe. So Dane Brugler has Sauce Gardner number one in cornerbacks. In terms of strength, oops, went too far. Or did I go too far? No, I didn't go too far. I actually somehow went back. So Sauce Gardner's strengths. Tall, stretched out athlete, light-footed pedal and turn in his flip Hip flip is unforced. Long gait helps him stay in phase and stay stride for stride with receivers. Accelerates in a blink to recover in coverage or drive underneath. Poised and press and extends his long arms into receivers. Above average on-ball competitive play. On-ball production, rather. Nine career interceptions with two pick sixes. Makes catch point adjustments like a former wide receiver. Use of the sideline wisely to cut off routes. Competitive play personality shows and runs support and against physical pass catchers. Exudes confidence and doesn't apologize for being flashy. Celebrates his 
Sauce nickname, which was given to him at age six by his youth football coach. Coaches say he raises temperature in the room with his exuberant personality, but also holds teammates accountable. Missed only one game the last three seasons. Influenced offensive game plans as quarterbacks looked elsewhere as he only saw 2.9 targets per game in 2021 and didn't give up a 20-plus yard reception. Overall, Gardner needs to continue developing his play strength, but he is a sticky bump-and-run corner with athletic instincts to stay in phase and smooth out receivers, smother receivers, rather. Cincinnati hasn't produced an NFL first-round pick since 1971. That will change with Gardner. Number five overall. Wow. And, and a lot of the things that Brugler has mentioned are things that I've said about Sauce Gardner. He's going to make NFL teams not throw to his side of the field. There are going to be accomplished quarterbacks in this league. It's going to be very interesting to see which team drafts him and then by and then subsequently which division he plays in. If he goes to the Jets, which I've seen in several mock drafts, that means you're going to be facing Mac Jones, who is a national, former national champion quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, who is a former national champion quarterback, did not get the win in that game, though, Josh Allen, who is my pick right now to an MVP next year in the NFL. So those are the three quarterbacks you're going to be facing. And think of the receivers you're going to be facing. Stephon Diggs, who just got a massive extension with the Bills. Uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. He's probably going to guard Jalen Waddell, cover Jalen Waddell. So you're going to th- you're, you're going to force Tua, Mac Jones, and Josh Allen, all three really good quarterbacks. Tua's good, not really good. Mac Jones is good, could be really good. Josh Allen's great. We're going to see th- those th- how those three quarterbacks throw to his side of the field, and if they want to take the bait or not. If he goes to the AFC West, which I don't know if he will. Because the earliest team picking in that draft is Denver. They're not picking that high. But let's say, but let's say for instance, he were to go there. Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert. I'm just saying if he goes to Denver. Let's say he goes to Seattle. You're going to be facing quarterbacks like Matthew Stafford, who just led the Rams to a Super Bowl championship. You're going to be facing Kyler Murray, one of the most electric players in the league. You're going to be facing whoever the Niners have a quarterback, and Jimmy G, maybe, which I... I, Jimmy G should be the starting quarterback for the Niners. Hot take. All this talk about the Niners wanting to release him. Do they know what Jimmy G has done for them? And then Trey Lance, who has talent, raw, but he's unproven. Why do you want to release? Why do you want to release Jimmy G? So you could go. So so we could be facing a lot of really good quarterbacks and receivers there. You could be facing. I mean, the Cardinals have receivers and Rondell Moore. And you've got the Rams, and you got Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup. You want to take away one side of the field there. It is going to be very interesting to see which division Gardner is going to go to. I mean, heck, if the Bengals want to trade up and take Sauce Gardner as a hometown pick, boy, wouldn't that be a something? I mean, then he'd be facing guys like Amari Cooper and whoever the Steelers have a receiver and Marquise Brown. I mean, that would be really interesting to see. But it is just it is just really great that in a an extensive draft guide that Dame Brugler has, the Bearcats are getting a lot of love. No longer are they just overlooked and hey, we got a you know a player in the top third round pick. No, it's you have one player going first round, 
You have another player going second round, although I think he could go first round, Desmond Ritter. Like, enjoy this. Like, this is still an incredible impact that the twenty one that the 2021 season had. And that's why moving the, moving the spring game and closing it to the public, it just sucks. It really does. This would have been the first normal spring game in two years. Actually, three years. And now we're not going to have one with fans? Why does a team that just made the college football playoff have to practice in a bubble? That shouldn't be. You're going to the Big 12. Are you going to do this when you go to the Big 12? I don't know. I hope not. But another Cincinnati team that we're going to finish off this week with a, with a fun segment, segment three. One team that is doing something really cool uh, is the Bengals. You may have seen what they will be doing next Tuesday at opening day for the Cincinnati Reds. Their first home game, that is. And I'll explain or get into it you because you may already know next. But first... I need to tell you about betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. The Cincinnati Bengals have done a really great job the last two seasons of rebranding themselves. Zach Taylor comes in in 2019 and that franchise was still operating like it was 1990. 2020, if they, they finally showed some signs of modernization, Joe Burrow, T Higgins, you know, an offense that looked like it, com- it could compete in 2020 with all the other offenses. And then this year they put it all together with spending a boatload of money in free agency on guys like Trey Hendrickson and, and, Chidobe Awuzie, Mike Hilton, Larry Ogunjobi, which were probably the four best signings. They also went out and got Riley Reef, who was okay, not a bust, but just okay. And the Bengals have reaped the benefits from that. You know, the fan base is behind them. They got a franchise quarterback who is so connected to the city right now. He's the unofficial mayor of Cincinnati. No disrespect to Aftab Purval. But Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow has the entire city in the palm of his hand. That's what a franchise quarterback can do for an NFL team. The most popular sport and the most popular position. He just took the Bengals to the Super Bowl for the first time in 33 years. He didn't just lead them to the first. He could, the Bengals could have lost to Tennessee 42-0, and the season still would have been successful because they won a playoff game for the first time since 1990. But no, they weren't done there. They won at Tennessee first road win in playoff, first road win, first road playoff win, excuse me, in franchise history. They could have lost to Kansas City 35 to 3. They were down 21 to 3. But no, they weren't done there either. They came back, won the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. Well, I wish I could say that. (laughs) They won the AFC Championship. So Tuesday, it's opening day for the Reds. And I was talking to family over the weekend, and I'm like, Joe Burrow should throw out the first pitch. And to me, it was a no-brainer. And sure enough, he's going to be throwing out the first pitch. Zach Taylor's going to be catching the first pitch. And Jamar Chase is going to be presenting the National League Rookie of the Year to um, Jonathan India. This is, this is really good on so many levels. Number one, 
Joe Burrow is the most popular athlete. It's, it's the most popular man in Cincinnati right now. He might be the most popular person in Cincinnati right now. And not probably, I think he is. And on, on a day that this city lives for every year, there are three days that Cincinnatians live for. Crosstown shootout, Christmas, and opening day. So you have that on the on one of the most on one of the best days of the year in Cincinnati. And all the pageantry and tradition and celebration that goes along with it. You have the most popular man in Cincinnati throwing out the first pitch in Joe Burrow. Number two is you have the team who took over the city for two months in December, January, and February. I just said three months, but it was a two-month span. You have an entire team that took over a city. It's not just going to completely disappear for the whole offseason and then magically reappear for training camp like walking through the corn of Field of Dreams. No. You have a team that is going to be making a public appearance at the city's other professional sports team's ballpark, major professional sports team's ballpark on opening day. That's really cool. So that shows that there is a, there is a, um, what is the word I'm looking for? That the Reds and Bengals support each other. There's mutual support. That there is, you know, a genuine friendship, maybe, between these two franchises. And it's two franchises that have, that are doing things very differently. The Reds are, are essentially doing just above the bare minimum to try and compete. The Bengals are saying, we're going all in because we believe we can win. That wasn't the case a few years ago. So it's good on that level. The fact that we're not going to wait a whole offseason to see guys like Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, and Jamar Chase again. They're making public appearances. The image and the name is being kept in the minds of fans, even as we're still five months away from the start of the season. It gives chance for a team to, for the team to get out into the community. This is something that you know the Reds have done so well for many years with Reds Fest, with Reds Caravan, um, so many other activities that go on throughout the city. You know, whether it's players going to Cincinnati Children's, the players going to Kings Island, the Bengals are now a part of that. No longer are they just there playing football when they're good, it's great, but when they're not, it's terrible because you're like, what am I supporting? Who am I supporting here? No, these players are getting out into the community. And Joe Burrow has built up this incredible persona, but yet he that is not he is not above going out to a Reds game and throwing out the first pitch of the season. That speaks very highly of Joe Burrow. And Zach, it's not like it's just Joe Burrow throwing to some random Joe Schmo or some backup catcher, bullpen catcher on the Reds. No, he's throwing the first pitch to Zach Taylor, who I know there are those who are going to say what they want about him. I thought he coached a really good postseason, made some questionable decisions in the Super Bowl. But you know what? Kyle Shanahan's made plenty of those. I mean, hell, Pete Carroll made a decision way worse than Zach Taylor running the ball on third and one. So Zach Taylor is going to be catching the head coach, the head coach of the Bengals, who had, who you saw what he did with all of those, you know, donating game balls to local bars after the playoff games. That's really cool. That is really cool. That is him connecting with the community. And it was so easy for you to hear him say, 
well, we thank you for coming out to the game today when we're 0-11 and when we play for championships, you know, you're going to enjoy it. And it was so easy to be like, yeah, 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 whatever. I mean, when are, yeah, really? Are we going to start playing for championships soon? Oh, yeah, we are. I, I apologize to Zach Taylor because I was at that game when he said that. Give him credit. And now that they're playing for championships, it's not like he's saying, I told you so. He's getting the community involved. And you got Jamar Chase, who's presenting the Rookie of the Year Award, two Rookies of the Year in the city of Cincinnati. How cool is that? So the Bengals and Reds are now going to be, they're going to be more close, they're going to be close to one, closer to one another than they've been in recent years. That's what you that's what happens when you have two players, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, who are taking over this city, making it fun to be a Bengals fan, making it fun to watch football. And now they're going out into the community just to go to a baseball game on a Tuesday afternoon in April. It's going to be nice weather fully. And the head coach is going there too. This is really, really cool. It was a no-brainer decision, really. I mean, if you ask, who would you want to throw out the first pitch? Avtab Purval? Yeah, that would have been a, that would have been a reasonable decision and a justifiable one. He's the mayor of Cincinnati. But again, I'm not I'm not saying my political affiliation here on this podcast. I would never do that. But if you have a mayor throw out the first pitch, you're going to have some who say, "Yeah, well, I don't like his policies." You're going to have that crowd. So there's division there. When you have Joe Burrow, a quarterback who has united a whole city in sports, unite people, bring people together. That's why it was a no-brainer decision. And to have the head coach and wide receiver there, that's really good too. So it shows they are out in the public. They are out in the community. They are doing things like throwing out the first pitch at a baseball game, presenting a Rookie of the Year award to Jonathan India. This And that's why it does suck for me that the Reds are doing a lot that they can do to help this team win games. Maybe they just financially can right now. I don't completely buy into that. But what the Bengals are doing here is really, really good and really cool. It's really cool. Like, I'll admit to you, like, I'm almost bored with no football right now. And that's why having... You know, the faces of the football franchise that just played in the Super Bowl keeps it fresh, keeps you, you know, you know, you remember them. And who knows what Joe Burrow, you know, what his outfit's going to be for the first pitch. I would not be shocked if he comes out in a Reds jersey. I wouldn't be shocked if he comes out in, you know, some really cool jacket and wears sunglasses. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's going to be really cool to see what Jamar is going to wear. Zach Taylor will look cool as well. I mean, this is just really, really good what the Bengals are doing. It's been a really, really good week here on Lockdown Bearcats. Thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen every day. Making your second listen Lockdown NFL Draft is also a good thing to do. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Next week, we'll recap the spring game. We'll talk more as Bearcats football wraps up spring practice. We'll get into some news potentially on the men's basketball front. Big 12, this podcast will remain five days a week until the end of May when we go down to three days a week in June and July. And then we ramp back up for the start of fall camp. And we'll look at position groups and season predictions and whatnot. Try to work in some guests next week and throughout the next two months. This is going to be a lot of fun. 
You can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's N N A T I. You can follow me on Instagram, Alex Frank nine underscore with, uh, yeah, Alex Frank nine underscore and email me at Alex three Frank at gmail.com. All lowercase Alex, the number three Frank at gmail.com. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Bearcats on YouTube. You can like and share a comment on YouTube. You can also give it this podcast a rating if you download it from Apple Podcasts. You can also download it from Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. All of that helps more Bearcats fans like you find this podcast. For Locked On Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great weekend. Enjoy opening weekend for the Reds. Enjoy following the spring game on Twitter. So stupid we can't go. Uh, enjoy the Masters. Tiger Woods is playing. So much going on this weekend. Uh, NBA and M- NBA and NHL regular seasons winding winding down. This is a fun time of the year. It really is. I guess I'm not bored without football. Have a great weekend. I will talk to you all on Monday.